Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Guys, I am back. I am so excited to be here. I am excited to be back with all of you. It has been far too long and I have missed far too much, but what better way to bring us back into the full swing of things than with the most special of guests that I have with me today, author of The Wreckage of My Presence, actor and I know her as well as you all do as well as the undeniable genius and co-host of Bitch Sesh, the holy grail of Real Housewives breakdowns where I have been so fortunate to have been a guest on before, Casey Wilson. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. What a nice intro. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, who better, who more informed, who more invested? Um, of course, you know, listening to your podcast every week, it's the level of dedication and the investment that you and Danielle have into these women's lives. It truly gives me joy. It's really upsetting, actually. When I really think <laughs> about it, I'm upset for myself, but also overjoyed. <laughs> no, it's truly, it's like sometimes when they disappoint you, I'm disappointed in them. It's like you can really hear... <laughs> passion you to really rooting for them or scolding them as though they're your own it's just is is right now a good time for you we're full swing housewives we have so many housewives tvs on are you overwhelmed are you enjoying this time of overwhelmness what a great question (laughs) i'm the the Mm -hmm. latter i'm overwhelmed but enjoying this time of of overwhelmedness i mean we we are firing on many cylinders right now some cylinders were not firing on as much. We came off New York, and I'm upset mm-hmm. that there's no reunion. I'm just going to say that. I, I'm like, I, it seems like Bravo's pretty firm in that. So I'm upset with that. But then we've got Salt Lake, which I love. We've got Potomac mm-hmm. firing on every cylinder. And then we've got Beverly Hills, and we know what a big old mess is happening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> People are going to jail on these shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're following real life criminals and we are keeping up with real criminality. And it's kind of exciting. I feel like oh, um, it's, it's like I'm live watching Law and Order or something. I don't <laughs> yes. know. It's like really great. And Mariska Hargitay is not here, but I'm thrilled with who we have <laughs> and our players. And, you know. Yes, absolutely. So, so I, I want to get some thoughts on Housewives, but I absolutely want to talk about your book first. I was fortunate enough to be able to get a copy. I had to order my copy from Barnes and Nobles. I was telling you offline because my local BNN was like, we don't have it. And I'm like, well, why not? You're a bookstore, have books. And um, they didn't have the books. And But I did have a lovely kindergarten teacher at my school uh, that, that I'm teaching at give me your book and she was like i've been done with it probably since the day it came out because she's a big fan of yours she's amazing oh well i have to tell you now you told me that it was back ordered not that they just simply didn't have it i'm glad i mean i'm happy for you you know not as happy for me but i'm yeah i mean i was happy with that story even though it caused more work for you (laughs) no it's fine i'm just happy to have it here um i was gifted my copy and it is really funny it's so good the balance of like at one moment you're cracking up and then another moment 
am I crying? Like, it's like, what is, what is happening here? It's a very, um, I, I like to read it at night in bed. It's one of, and I, you as a bed person, as you describe in your book, I'm sure also like to read. Are you a reader in bed or are we strictly just eating? Of course. No, no, God, we're reading, we're eating, we're doing work, we're talking to friends, you know, we're basically doing everything but sleeping in bed. Yes. Yes. I absolutely love it. Um, I have some questions as it retains to your book, The Wreckage of My Presence. Please, people, make sure your local Barnes and Nobles has it or go to Amazon. I didn't think that through. I don't know why I thought Amazon wouldn't have books, but it's because of their own evolution that I underestimated their ability to give me anything that I needed. (laughs) (laughs) All stories. There's a collection of essays, which I think is the coolest thing. I have the very shortest attention span ever. So me going through an actual like arc or journey, a literature journey has been much more difficult these days, especially recreationally. So a collection of essays is absolutely a breath of fresh air. It's both hilarious or emotional at the same time, at different times. What made you say now is the time to write this book, get these stories out about your life, your experiences? You know, I think it was kind of hurtling towards turning 40, quite frankly, where Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do this. But, you know, there's so much fear that comes with doing new things. And I, in particular, love to collaborate. You know, acting is very collaborative and even writing. I've always written with my partner, June Diane Raphael, or, you know, my podcast with Daniel Schneider. And so this was like, oh, I'm really going to put myself out there. I mean, Mm -hmm. you do your podcast, like that's putting yourself out there, you know? And, and I was quite frankly, fearful. I always had written these essays and kind of stored them away or, you know, submitted a few of them for publication, but kind of as solo pieces. And so finally I was just like, you know what? fuck it. It's time to get out there. I do care what people think a lot less. You know, I'm like, I have my own life and family kind of outside of this business. So I basically went about it by pretending no one would ever read it. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, I think, freeing to do it that way. And I was just like, I have stories to tell about my parents and my kind of family of origin and that I want to get out there. Yes, I love it. I think that that is such a great way to think and especially to write. I was an English major in college. So writing is probably something I'm the most familiar with. And it is why I have to admit, it's one of the scariest things you can do. I have put off writing, uh, finishing a book that I've started probably since I was like a sophomore in college. So it's been, it's been some years and it's just, it can be definitely super scary to put yourself out there. There is a particular essay in particular passage that I absolutely fell in love with within seconds of reading it and I would love if I could share a little bit with the listeners and get your thoughts okay great y'all this is from the essay hide your phones it starts with men have anger that's a phrase my dad used to say to me whenever he had an outburst over losing his keys or an altercation with a meter maid or after a driver would honk at him for going too slow and he would grind to a complete halt, blocking the driver from getting away, roll down the window, turn off his ignition and dangle his keys out of the window as if to declare, well, now we won't be going anywhere. Men have anger to that. I now say as an adult, so do women. I'm furious in today's climate. We all should be have to be if you aren't angry amidst a global pandemic systemic racism and a disintegrating planet there's something wrong with you boo which love it it's just absolutely 
incredible you go on to say however i have always been angry angrier than most here are things i have done in crazed fits of fury in no particular order <laughs> attempted to choke my college roommate in a nyquil haze after i overheard her say she didn't think i was fun pulled two heavy brass sconces out of the wall by hanging my entire 16 year old body weight from them after my parents told me i couldn't go to tgi fridays seriously contemplate driving my suv through my home for effect after my husband suggested during a fight that i calm down i may seem mild-mannered and sweet on the surface but just underneath i'm seething and that's one of those essays where I was like, yes, Casey, we're getting into it. We're going there. When you mentioned today's climate, which me as a queer black woman, I agree with you more that today is an angrier days feeling than most um, in my in my past and in my in my life up until 2020, it feels. But then you go on to the absolute comedic things that have taken place in your life. Funny to us because we didn't experience them, I'm sure, in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Your anger was very valid. Sounds very valid <laughs> even now. What prompted that kind of vulnerability unprovoked? Because it had me thinking, how does one write this? Like not in conversation. Like How do you get yourself to that place of opening up about your anger, about your upset at the world when it's like not coming from a direct prompt? Like you're just sitting pen to paper and you're like... <laughs> How do I write honestly about my anger unprovoked? I mean, I it's a great question. I think it started doing some like writing workshops, which I've done over the years. And you know, this whole notion of self-help of like, just write it down, put it on paper. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm honestly too angry to sit down and fucking write this out. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have the presence to sit and like calmly write it out. So I think that was kind of the kernel of it. And then, you know, I just have always been, I, I like to think of myself, like I said, as like very optimistic and, and, and a pretty like outgoing, passionate, hopeful person. But then, you know, something will set me off and I will go off. I also think I'm fairly privileged to, to show rage and anger in a way that's not, you know, maybe been in the sense, I think certain races have labeled as angry as it says a very different thing. As a white woman, I can say it a bit more strongly and so I know I'm very lucky in that sense but also I just don't see a ton of women in general you know just <laughs> putting it out there about their rage mm -hmm. and I do feel kind of especially after what we've all lived through collectively and what has been going on in this country for years and years that maybe certain people are just attuning themselves to there's just a lot going on mm -hmm. and then I'm also just angry when I lose my keys and when you know yes just I my husband's like how do you go through life this way like you're getting that upset I'll be like Ugh! when anything mm -hmm. small happens he's like it feels like almost like a lot of work to do and I'm just like you know I've tried every form of therapy and it certainly come way 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 down but I'll still get in a place and I'll, I'll, I'll put someone in their place. And I'm not saying that's great. Again, you know, I try to pick the times and the places. I love it because, you know, first of all, as a woman in society, it's never really been polite for us to be angry, you know, to curse, to honestly have any kind of emotion other than pure bliss and happiness or unaware, like we needing some kind of despair, but we can't just be angry at being aware of what's going on and of course you know there's also the stereotype of you know just being an angry black woman or someone crazy in order for you to be up in the world you have to be a bitch like these type of things or when your behavior has to like counteract that stereotype right i can only imagine sometimes it might feel that way which we've seen on the housewives mm -hmm. didn't you go on every road leads back <laughs> no of course anyway. um because on your podcast when i 
guested on bitch sesh we even connected over the fact of like for instance you know monique we said had an, an unfortunate response but not less human response and definitely not less woman responses you know when you feel provoked or threatened or you push to your ends it's like for some reason women are just not allowed to explore those feelings any further we must put everything at a screeching halt and just perform all kinds of femininity to preserve like the peace around us but why can't we just be mad well yes (laughs) we're just mad and also speaking of Monique when Candace as I've said many times provoked Mm -hmm. her I also see in an upcoming episode of Potomac (laughs) Mia throwing a bowl of salad at Candace and not the bowl, simply the the salad, salad, which is so wonderful and delightful. But once again, now have I seen the episode? No. Do I know that Candace provoked her? Yes. Yes. It's like, sometimes you got to throw the salad. Like, Enough, enough is enough, enough, you know, and I'm not promoting laying hands. I'm just saying, I'm you not know. promoting it, but I'm also saying do whatever you got to do. Not, boo. Like if you are, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not promoting judging it. it. Certainly. I'm like, well, no, it happens. Like it. things go down, like two men can fight in an instant and it's just like, oh, well, he must have done something to him. It's like almost anything would be honorable if two men fight. Like there's literally an entire fight between Michael and the other Chris last season, it ended the season of Potomac. And I'm like, are they going to get kicked off the show? Is anyone going to have an intervention for these two grown white men of business and caliber and status? Is anyone going to stop them and intervene? No? Okay, just wanted to check. No, the answer is no. No, of course not. Or a grown white man pinching bottoms camera person's just butts every keep which going. way. Love that. Um, there's uh, also an entire essay that's absolutely my favorite. It's the opening essay of Bed Person. And it is what made me fall in love and not go from just like perusing before I talk to you to just being like, this is a really, oh, we're invested. This is a good book. You talk about doing everything in your bed down to eating meals. I've never known or heard of someone who preferred to be horizontal this much. And I, am, <laughs> and I admire it. How... Did you find the right person to be a bad person with? Because you are married and you have two lovely boys. How does one open up to someone about being a bad person? How do you know that this person will accept you and join you in your bed personality? Honestly, that's so funny because, you know, some things just click without even ever having to say a word. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my husband, I he created this show that I was on, Happy Endings, and one we had to work an overnight one night, like from Friday into like 4 a.m. on Saturday. So the next Sunday, we spent like ordering food and eating in bed. But I thought this is my ideal activity, but surely this Mm -hmm. is a a Mm one-off. And it started kind of creeping into more of our lives. It was like, wait, we didn't work (laughs) last night, but we're still eating mozzarella sticks with red sauce in the bed with a white comforter. It's base, disgusting behavior. But I was like, I think this man's for me. He loves to go to movies as much as I do and just like eat candy in a seat. I mean, these are the things we always see other couples like strapping on hiking gear. And we're like, can you imagine Mm. if one of us was trying to get the other one to do a bike ride up a mountain (laughs) on a vacation and not sit with a margarita? in a hot tub we just you know your your soulmates are out there you just have to really keep an eye up open for them we're lazy as hell i know i love it i mean i'm a tourist so literally our only two modes are we must work because we love luxury but also we would love to be horizontal at all times how do we do both taurus moon <laughs> that is my resting place that's what i am and love yes. luxury as well so i will work i've never heard it put better 
Yeah, that's the only thing. It's like I must work because I am expensive for myself. It is. And I want a nice to bed made. to lie down in. Yes, a very nice one. But I yeah. want to be able to lie whenever I want, and that's why people wonder how I'm able to even juggle things. Like I'm in school, I'm teaching, and I, this podcast. I'm like, oh, it's simple. On the weekends, I stay in my bed. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy. I can totally. But a lot of people don't know how to power off, you know, and that's unfortunate. I used to have a trouble with that. It would almost be like mm, a crash. Yeah. So now, but now I'm kind of like, okay, I, I would both like be punishing to myself if I even took two minutes during the work week and we're all so mm-hmm. busy and everyone's working. And then on the weekends, like be down on myself for also being in, you know, it's like this world is so right. fucked up. No, absolutely. If you think about it, we have to like work for like 50 something years before we can retire and enjoy what, 11? Hopefully. Yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm going to enjoy those moments now. Me and my fiance even have a ritual when we've been really, really stressed or working too much. We take one day, we make it bed day. And so reading your essay, I was like, oh, my people, they exist. It's not just us. I love to give everyone permission in the world. Yes, we take towels. Literally, we only order food in. We take towels and we put them on our comforter and everything. And we stay completely horizontal from breakfast to dinner. We bring uh, all the food to us. We bring the coffee to us. We have multiple well, rounds of drinks happening. And we watch the dream. It's the best. It's how we finished all of Game of Thrones. I, honestly, if you're looking for better in life than that, then you have a there's something going on. You need to look deeper because there's nothing. <laughs> that's it. Like that's to me the pinnacle of like life. You know why yes. we're on this planet is to have moments in the bed and yes. just be happy and relaxed. And I could not agree more. Exactly. Watching your shows and just being connected and yes, doing and doing absolutely nothing. <sighs> Speaking of shows, Casey, you've come to that point where I must get your. <laughs> takes on all things housewives of course people can listen to your podcast with um your co-host danielle schneider to get your actual real-time breakdowns but i just have some things i've been away for a while from the pod so there are just some things i must 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 touch down on with you about very important topics hot topics breaking news headlines and things of that sort absolutely you mentioned you were upset of the cancellation of the roni reunion many people are are you of the faith that ramona would have been held accountable in any way if she had been at the reunion or did you think that we could have a reunion even if that may not have been the case I would hope to not have seen a reunion where she wasn't held accountable. Mm -hmm. I think she's the most scared human we've almost ever seen and is Mm -hmm. probably running from it. And I've heard tell Luann's, you know, running from it, or I don't know what the hell's going on over there. Maybe you can illuminate me. It seems like a big old mess, but I know we saw a photo of Ebony in her look, which I loved. She was like, well, this is what I was going to wear. So (laughs) that's how I feel. It's like, if I can't go out, let me at least get this look to the people. Like, you know, I really, I, I I would like to think knowing him and and knowing his politics and his sense of decency, I really would like to think Andy himself would have really taken her to task for that. I hope so. I would have hoped so. And I think, honestly, they're punishing her by canceling it in a way because I think she was like causing Ooh. some causing some messiness. Probably, you know, I'm not coming this date and I'm not this and I don't want to be trying to control everything. That's what I think. Oh. I think she, this is just my opinion. I think she wanted in writing, like, I, I don't want to be taken to task. I don't want to be bullied. Whatever the hell is her narrative of what has gone on all season. And they just said, like, they dropped the rope and said, fine, then there'll be no reunion, which I've seen Andy do in various situations and Bravo, where when someone's too much of a problem, they're like, then go. 
It's like, then go. And I think as much as she wouldn't want to be put in the hot seat, she also wouldn't want her reunion to not air. And I think she might go next year. Interesting. Now, that's a take I've never heard. And I actually really welcome it because in the Bravo sphere, we're very concerned that they just didn't want to take her to task because she's already filmed Ultimate Girls Trip, the Housewife, a superstar, all-star thing. And who would want to watch her then? And who is going to pay for Peacock to watch her then if we see her be absolutely terrible at a reunion? So it could have been that decision. But I almost feel like it could even be a combo platter. I think it's a combo platter. This isn't a good promotional thing if you come, but also you don't get to control this. But also we would not want to talk about anything else at that reunion other than Ramona's shitty behavior. And I I think she knew... Yes, I think she knows enough to probably know this hasn't been a good look, but she's still standing so fucking firm in her stubbornness of like, mm-hmm. what, what, I, I apologize or whatever, you know, I think her bad behavior was just so on display. And again, like we, we know we are not, you know, we know these women aren't great and we have to take our part in that, that we, we watch them. But this season, I think unveiled just another layer of real darkness and nastiness about her that mm-hmm. we knew was there. But it it went to a new level for me. It went to where Vicky Gumbelson ended up going. And now we're seeing, you know, she's against the vaccine. You know, these mm-hmm. we're un, unmasking these kind of red state pieces of shit. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say it like that. <laughs> but we all kind of had the opinions at bay. And also, which I've heard Andy say this on shows, and I'll, I'll admit it. Like, we don't want them to have the exact beliefs of us because we want to see people who are train wrecks. Let's be honest fighting Mm -hmm. with each other. I mean, that is a component of the show, but this just went to a new, much kind of more upsetting place. Yeah. We would like you to at least have some kind of core at like minimum decency. Like something should be off limits. Maybe some group. I don't know. I used to always say I didn't sign up to be harassed, like from my couch. Like I didn't sign up for that. So when you see a housewife be bigoted or anti-Semitic or homophobic or something, and you're just at your home, like watching it, you're just, wait, I didn't ask for this to be accosted in my own house. I didn't, I'm not getting paid. Otherwise I'd love a housewife salary. Yes. Now I am getting paid to watch them. However, I, (laughs) I had to turn off that Shabbat dinner. And when I tell Mm -hmm. you, I didn't watch Orange County last season, so I guess I turned that totally off. But I have never turned off an episode of Housewives in the middle. And I just became so enraged. And I was really like, no, you need to watch because you're going to. And I was just like, I actually don't need to watch this. It's it's making me so upset that I can't sit here and watch her for one more fucking second. Like, I don't need to do that to myself right now. Yeah, I was warned and I was like, oh, this is not fun. And I've had only two. I've had two major moments of that so far within like the this current season of Housewives yeah. is that Roni episode and this past Beverly Hills episode where Garcelle basically had to break herself all the way down in order for them to be like, oh, yes, we see now that you are indeed someone who can sit with us because you have like broken every wall. We didn't know you were feeling left out. And she's like only said it like, I don't know, every day, every day. since she's gotten there. <laughs> so those are my two moments. But Salt Lake City just premiered. Mm-hmm. And you are excited now that we are back in the Salt Lake. Oh my God! Of course, of course. I okay. lo- I I love it. I love Salt Lake. How do you feel? I love it. I do feel early on that Jen was attempting to use this season as her redemption season. I see some shows of fear of the second season housewife hate but like I think she saw herself first season realized that all of her antics were not done well and I think she was setting her up just in the first couple episodes we've seen 
she's been setting herself up to make this her redemption season. Yes. Like I've taken in my, my cousin yes. and, and I, my cousin, I was going through my own things and Sharif is about to leave. Her voice has gone down like three octaves. And she's like very mellow. I think and... she must have gotten so much feedback about everyone thinking her husband is like a beautiful man and what she has. Like, mm-hmm. do you know how many people would love to have that man as a husband? <laughs> the patience that he had and the he patience, exhibited last season. The support. Woo! Like he's a kind person. And I, I yeah. have heard that through a couple of people that know him personally say he's a, such a kind person. And I refuse to believe he's caught up in this. I will be really disappointed and bummed out if he is. I really don't feel like he is because to me, if they can get Stu, like a a person removed, like if he, if they can get Stu chains, they would have gotten her husband. Like, I don't believe that the feds did not comb out every single person in this entire situation. Every lice in the hairstyle. (laughs) Every knit. Yeah. Every single one. Do you think that the feds were really watching her? Do you think that Meredith may have had some PIs work help in taking down Jen because she messed with her family? Uh, I think this is bigger than Meredith. I think (laughs) when you've got a helicopter, this isn't like Meredith who... When I a friend just sent me photos of her store, this is so sad, but I guess the marketing outside her store, she's just like printed up a couple women in her jewelry on like a color printer and it's like faded. Like, I just oh. don't think this oh, woman okay. is orchestrating like a, a sting, you know? I'm sure she mm-hmm. was happy about it and maybe had done her part to talk around town or spread some rumors, but this investigation has been a long time coming. Oh, yeah, for years. I mean, there's always the rumor and there is the allegation that Jen started filming Housewives knowing that very many people who were also caught up in this thing were also arrested and convicted and things like she was aware that these type of things were going to happen. (laughs) And she was like, okay, but we're going to film anyway. And that level of um, delusion, narcissism and craze is really fascinating to me right now. I have a girlfriend, I have a girlfriend, Nicole, who's she's been on the podcast and and she has a theory that I think is pretty brilliant where she's Mm -hmm. like, we're seeing all of this kind of crime and bad behavior and she's like there's something about you know when you have a secret maybe there's like a little part of you that wants it to get out like you feel you're holding something it's Mm. almost like unconsciously these housewives are like fine fucking figure it all out like I'm spending money I don't have just like this unconscious need to like go all the way and then be found out that maybe there's some drive in there because it is unbelievable the amount of wealth that's being flaunted only for people yes. to then be accused of major crimes of stealing money from people it's disturbing yes. <laughs> it's it is disturbing we unreal. literally watched her closet being filmed and she was like, again this is a guest bedroom i just turned it into a closet and you're just like well that's a bad idea <laughs> and then she's like my nephew needed help um but i didn't help him and then she's like now let me stack these louis batons yes and now he's here and i'm like what are you gonna do like put him to work now in your house like everybody's gonna join the shaw squad and you're gonna be like i'm doing i'm favor. surprised you didn't have a chiron that was like third assistant slash <laughs> nephew <laughs> I was expecting it. I really was. Kind of like a la Mary, who is out of the closet fully, and she is now full-time housewife. (laughs) And are you enjoying her in the mix? I I think I am. I am. I mean, I am. I I like Mary. I love Mary. 
Again, yeah. we've had to like turn a blind eye to a few things with certain housewives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now look, I'm sure an expose will come out on Hulu and I will of watch course. and I'll take all this back. But right now, I like seeing her in her fashions. I like watching her try to remodel the house. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm not involving my brain and my mind in the church of it all at this juncture. Yes. And I think that makes total sense because at the very least, we know Mary contributes something to our show. And it is humor, pure comedic relief and unawareness. Like yep. she's just not with us, but she's here with us. Like she's <laughs> in attendance, but not present. And we love she's it. both here and not here. And that's the way yes. I like a housewife. So yeah, me too. Like she's she in our has own a Kathy world. Hilton. They have an overlap. There. Yes. To the point where I'm like, okay, maybe they are really for real because they're both of this other mind and other body. Money, a lot of money, and just not totally yes. connecting with why they are funny. But there is problematic areas in both of their lives. Mm-hmm. But there's a lovable kind of daffiness that is just like, oh, God, all right, fine, you know? <laughs> and it makes us slow to judgment because of it. Because yep. what Erica has never given us is any kind of connection to her personality and Jen Shaw in one season turned everyone off in a few episodes by just like randomly attacking people verbally for no reason so we really don't have as much grace Mm. and sympathy with how long it's taking their personalities to kind of uncover and blossom but Mary was like out the gate like wait what's happening here wait (laughs) what's happening here (laughs) something's something's going on I am I, I am very glad. I'm very happy that Salt Lake City is back. I, I can't wait to get into that as the season keeps going. But now, of course, Beverly Hills, we have announced that there is going to be a four-part reunion. It is only the second time in history. I think uh, Atlanta season nine was a four-part reunion. And I remember it because I was like, this is a lot of parts when I watched it. Was that the, the season when Phaedra and the dungeon, the sex dungeon season? I think so, because I know for a fact it's the lies, the lies, the lies from Candy, which is like one of my favorite gifts to you. So I know that that's from that season um, because she had had enough. And I love a meme where Candy has had enough. So so we've we've only had it once before. Did you feel joy from this or did it add to the overwhelming sensation of oh I feel joy I feel joy like I'll be honest I'm ready for the reunion like when I saw they have one more episode I was kind of like whoa like how many trips Mm. can we go on and trips to Temecula wine country where we're just kind of listening to more craziness from Erica now she said something this Mm -hmm. week that really is crazy so you know last week it was all about like the car is flipping again and then the 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 intruder and the sun Mm -hmm. and, and the surgery and the war uh, whatever is going on and then so everyone was you know as you know quite confused but it did make I had to laugh this week when looking for kind of clarity she offers that she's like well Tom's cataracts exploded (laughs) everyone was like what like cataracts are exploding what the fuck is happening at this point I'd like Andy to intervene and I'd like it to be regulated I want segments 
I want to go through it like from the beginning. I feel like the inmates okay. are running the asylum right now and I need mm-hmm. Daddy Warbucks to come in and kind of get us all in line. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more where I do get a bit hesitant slash maybe cynical is are we going to go to task on the questions that need to actually be answered because as much as I want to believe everyone saying oh she talks oh she spills actually Andy said famously on your show that Erica's talking about it this season this before the show even started you were like we have a lot of things we want to know and he and he said and I was excited and granted he was not wrong it's been giving that she's gonna talk about it she's talking about the divorce and she's talking and talking now we're watching this season and we see what she's talking it's a bunch of hot shit it's still entertaining but that's why I'm like is it our level like is it our understanding of what it means to open up or is it Erica Jane's understanding of what it means to open up because our two understandings do not align whatsoever I don't think Erica's ever gonna go there there I don't think we're gonna get what Mm -hmm. we want when a major lawsuit is looming where she might go to jail Mm -hmm. for the rest of her life I just don't I I think that door is shut I think we might get some more nonsense and rub dub a dub However, mm-hmm. a makeup artist just worked on me who was at the reunion and she said it is wild. So uh, that oh, the questions wow. are being asked. I'm excited. I want the questions. I mean, I knew something good could happen because we did get, did you see the, um, the lovely information from Dr. Tiffany Moon, formerly of the show Real Housewives of Dallas, mm-hmm. um, that is since been put on hiatus and or canceled, depending on what you believe and who you believe in. She did say, as an anesthesiologist, so an expert in the field, <laughs> that Erica's story of Tom could not go under his anesthesia and have the actual brain work done that he needed to have done because he had a TBI and so he couldn't get his ankle fixed or his brain fixed because of his traumatic brain Even injury. Even you say it, it's hard to make sense of this, mm-hmm. but I know what you're saying is what you're, is what is being said. So yes. go on, sorry. As, as she also said, you know, like, you know, well, Tom was unconscious for 12 hours and she told us allegedly as if she did not tell us this information herself. And we yeah, had she was like angry up. someone was spreading it. She's like, allegedly. She was like, allegedly. Like, sorry, it's what? Don't take allegedly? me down with what you heard from me. Ooh. We only know it because you said it, girl. But yeah. um, with Tiffany giving us this insight, I certainly do hope that they take her to task on a couple of things because now we know there's a lot of things she says is, are, are crocs of shit, to Wait, put how it How did nicely. I not see what Dr. Tiff said? She said, basically, oh. this is ridiculous. Yes, Dr. Okay, Tiffany Someone Moon. sent this to me, and it's, it's in my, my to-do list at the top of my list. <laughs> For anyone else who is still in their to-do list, which understandable, there's news happening every day and our country is like currently in like turmoil. But like this is important. So this is what I know versus what's happening with our tax dollars. Don't know that. But I know Tiffany said (laughs) as an anesthesiologist, that is not only not true it's not factual and it would not have happened if the doctor was aware of a tbr or whatever they would not say hey we cannot put this person under to fix the problem because the area that is problemed can't be worked on that's not what happened not because of there's a tbi couldn't they not do anesthesia she's like no we could fix it we would just know that and we would still be able to put them under doesn't matter. I love that so much. It's so good to have that crossover. It's like from the mouth of a housewife who's also an anesthesiologist. Thank you. Yes. I mean, 
if it wasn't going to be her, I was going to call the married to medicine girls like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Somebody asked her. <laughs> Three of their husbands are like emergency room managers. Like they run the emergency room or something like that or some kind of ER doctors. I'm like, so can you do this? Because this is what essentially what happened. He would come in as an ER patient. And so could he be worked on? I couldn't imagine in my heart that a doctor would say, no, we cannot work on his brain because of his brain. <laughs> that didn't feel right to me. So I'm very glad we have that information. You have renewed a hope in me that maybe Erica will have, she'll do something. At, least, at the very least, it'll be entertaining. At the very least, I just want to see her taken to task because what's happened this season is that Sutton and Garcelle, Garcelle's mm-hmm. kind of hinted around it. Sutton's come right on out and said all of this. And Erica is so upset. Now the floodgates have opened. Everyone's seen all the episodes. At the very least, people are not going to hold back, even if it's because they've seen, you know, the audience reaction to the Hulu documentary. Now everybody's going to just fucking come for her. Yeah, I hope so. So her reaction might be similar, but I I am curious to see Mm -hmm. how she handles the other women. And, And I do believe Andy will come through a bit too there. I hope so. I really do. I I had Crystal on my podcast before I went on break and they had not filmed the reunion yet, but I did get a little bit more understanding of like how they, because, you know, our anger came from in real time. We know what's happening, but they didn't. So we're like, why aren't you taking her to task on film? And they're like, because we were literally behind. Like we did not know anything. And now that we do... Things have changed, and so I'm really looking forward to that. And did she say that? Yeah, she Crystal pretty much said, um, it's been a while since I listened to that interview, but it, she pretty much said that they knew were finding everything out in real time, but not in depth enough. Like she read the article ahead of time, that was probably the most in depth that she went because she knew they were going to be talking about it, like she knew that was what they were going to go film about, and that's why they had that scene at, Sut- at Sutton's house or Dorit's house or somebody's house where Erica wasn't yeah. there. But up until then, everything that they had heard had only been like rumors and stuff, and they had not known everything until later, which we all know now so that's what i'm curious is like how are we coming to the reunion as the other yes else? yes and last but not least of course we, i must ask your thoughts on potomac as someone who is from the potomac area the dmv <laughs> virginia we grew up 20 minutes from outside of my house did you feel any kind of way about karen filming her ambassadorship <laughs> in potomac for you surrey mean- county virginia do you mean a uh, the short film that should have gone to Sundance that was yeah. Karen filming the tour- the, the um, tourism video? All I felt was that it was the greatest thing I've ever seen, and mm-hmm. watching her and that other gal in the in the vest who was representing mm-hmm. it was quite a dynamic duo. And mm-hmm. I just she died. could make the drive, but Karen could not. But Karen could not. I just died laughing. I mean, it was too good when they found when she funny. was in the gazebo and she's going down the the, <laughs> the slide. <laughs> you know, Karen to me has a lot of, and I know you might not see this, not you, but anyone on like for face value, but some Sonia in her of just like even though she's so kind of seemingly like very type A and together, then something like that is just so wacky. It just made me <laughs> die laughing. I yes, died it's so laughing. funny. How are you feeling about Mia? Do you like the vibe? I don't know where I touched down on Mia yet. I still have a lot of feelings to work out as I watch her more and more. I am getting a bit of a Jen Aiden vibe where I am so invested in her home life that I want so desperately to work out that it is the only saving grace for how messy she is in a group setting. 
Okay, see, I love Mia, so I'm a hard person. Okay, and great. I know I'm not really agreed with, but I guess I'm struggling to understand why. You know? Now, yeah. you know I was a Kenya Moore fan, from, and I know I held on yes. to her for too long. And I see yeah. that now. But sometimes it's like you love who you love. And yes. I find Mia, you're right. Like, I, I can't separate her from her story. Like, watching her this week with ice cream with her kids and her husband and her mom. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm, i like, fully crying during these scenes. And yeah. I feel like she's showing a lot more vulnerability than an Erica is. And yes. I love that she's kind of, like, open. I don't know what these women want from her. They want her to say, like, yes, I slept with men for money and, like, break down crying and wish she hadn't. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty self-explanatory and understandable. We see where Mia's come from that, yeah, she probably did do things that, you know, she had to, to do. What does anybody fucking care? Yeah. I just have a soft spot for her. I, she makes me laugh. Of course, she should walk right up to Dorothy and ask exactly what's going on. And I thank her for that. Why are we upset about that? No, what killed me was when Giselle was like, it's a good question. I would want to know, too. She was like, what did she say? Like, I just love the investment. And that's where and I was. I was like, yes, and... Yes, and, and you know the most shady. It's not Mia. It is Mama Dorothy. She was ready to give this information. Not only not ready, like who. like like wanted to. She, she was wanted offering. to disseminate that information, and then she had such a great alibi in Mia. She was having a good time, and they are yes. two partners in crime. She is a very very. She scares me. Yeah, Mama Dorothy is. It's giving um, Mama Joyce from yeah. Atlanta. Oh. Uh, yeah. It is absolutely giving that. Um, I did not think anyone could really undercut Mama Joyce because she is epic and legendary, basically being mm-hmm. like, you are going to take my inheritance from me as my <laughs> daughter's mother. You're mm-hmm. going to take away my money if you marry her. But Mama Dorothy is, she is close I think, second. I think Mama Dorothy is even worse personally because mm-hmm. I also think Mama Joyce, like Candy's so well adjusted and sweet that I'm like, okay, Mama Joyce did something right with Dorothy is Candy. just shady as yeah, hell. And like, unhinged. she really seems to hate her daughter. I really believe that. Yeah. Even though she might not, not see that. On there. Yeah. She wants to see her fail. And I, it's really disturbing to me to watch. Yeah. It's not great. I think she really just wants to, so she can say I was right. She can say, I, I, I told you so. Last question for Potomac. Do you miss Monique? I don't. Okay. And I know, right. you know, I always stood up for Monique cause I believed that she was just, she was pushed. That's it. Period. And it sucks what happened, but that that's what I felt about her. And I felt she was given a raw deal. But in terms of what she was bringing, she was bringing mm. high-end beauty, mm-hmm. like for sure. She was bringing that Next and she was bringing her bird. Now the bird has passed. <laughs> the bird so, is no longer with the us. The bird is no longer with us. You know, we saw her podcast. We saw her supplements. But I ultimately think she, ultimately I find her a bit too normal for the show. I feel yeah, like, we, and, and I know happy. what you're thinking is like, oh, is she? <laughs> yeah, like she's living a fine life. Like I, I, I feel like we got what we could get out of her in a nice mm-hmm. way. I completely understand, and I, I couldn't agree more. I, I forgot about. It would be how I would feel if Crystal left, and it's with love to both. Okay. Like you're just beautiful, nice kind of women, and good people, good very people, happy. right? So just what, what am happy, I watching? Rich. <laughs> <laughs> go be rich. I only want to see you if you're if you're throwing salad. Yes, it's like people constantly ask why Oprah won't be president. I was like, why would she want to? She has a great life. Sitting under those mammoth oaks in Montecito. What's that? Like, I did not even remember that Monique was on this show until I wrote this question to ask you. 
So. And that says a lot. That does. Like Dorinda, I did miss and I wasn't Mm. expecting that. Oh, yeah, I miss her energy. I think we would have had a very different show, a very different Very outcome, different And outcome. a definite reunion if that had happened. I think Dorinda would have gotten Ramona on that show, on that couch, and then would have eaten her alive. And, it and I think great. Dorinda would have been on the side of Leah and Ebony. I really do. Yes. Yes. And I cannot wait to hear you cover all these women and their craziness and, and so much more on your podcast, which is currently going under a... A makeover, a, a reboot, a refresh, yeah. a zhuzh, if a you zhuzh. will. That's exactly what it is. Yes, I love a good zhuzh. You've given us some uh, on your on your social media booster like campaign of making yeah. your social media like so much. It's job well done. <laughs> I, I find it captivating every day. You've given some snippets, some sneak peeks. What can we expect from this <laughs> relaunch of your podcast? You know, we're really just relaunching our artwork. And that's important. And that's important. I think, you know, we had a very cute kind of cartoon of the two of us, stick figures, which mm-hmm. I, I've come to love. But I think, you know, we're doing a, a podcast about the housewives. And we're also trying to, as recently, as very recent, challenge ourselves to be part a little bit more elevated. Um, yes, and with elevation. it, like the millennial I am. And and so we're, we're going to we're giving it a run and we've done the photo shoot. We're very excited. So, you know, whether anyone is like waiting with bated breath remains to be seen. But we're excited to debut some new artwork. Yes, I'm very excited. I think that relaunch, that zhuzh of the artwork is going to be quite a glorious occasion. I am going to miss the all pinkness yeah. of it all. I used to get very excited seeing the pink refresh on my feet, but I cannot wait to see the the glory, the epicness of a photo shoot. We really went all out. I'm excited. And we took a video of the shoot. You know, we really wow. did it. We did every piece of content you could suck oh, yes. out of something. <laughs> we sucked we the life out of BTS, it. We love BTS, a behind-the-scenes moment. Edited, if I may share, by a Housewives editor. So a lot happened. Wow. No, that's important. I haven't even said that on my own podcast. That's what happened. So that's things are happening. That's the best thing ever. I love yeah. that. And I love you. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Of Casey. course. I'm so happy to be here. And we have to have you back. And I'm glad you're back. And it was yes. so much fun. Honestly, I would do bitch sesh any day of the week because that is the number one place that everyone has ever wanted me to go on. They were like, you know, that is a good place for you. I was like, what does that mean? It's perfect because I think high level. <laughs> glorious people get down but down in the garbage I on that it. show <laughs> that's what I, I like to tell myself what it brought you know? out of me the first time I love what it brings out in everyone so yes brilliant absolutely. otherwise perhaps highbrow people really sick <laughs> sink into the muck and mire. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, y'all. You know where to find Casey on everything, but if you are not, let me indulge you. Please go check her out on Instagram. Check her out on her podcast with um, her co-host, Danielle. Bitch Sesh, you can find it anywhere you listen. Look out for that new artwork. It is coming. And of moment. course, the book, The Wreckage of My Presence, please go harass your Barnes and Nobles and make sure they have it. In stock <laughs> right now, get it. And if not, go to Amazon. That's what I wish I would have done. <laughs> so um, thank you again for being here. I had thank such a good time you. talking to you. And you guys, you know, of as always, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. And I don't know, maybe stay home a little bit. It's a little bit wrecked outside. Please make sure you're protecting yourself and being nice to everybody else. Okay, thank you. Love you. Bye. 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 
For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, pop culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.